And we're back with episode 15, I want to say, I think, no, 16, I don't know, some episode of Days and Reviews. I am back with my reluctant co-host, William McDonald. Permanent guest, I thought, but fair enough. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we we managed to find a topic, despite um, being very last minute about this, as as I always am. Um, I don't think we intro that, that topic just yet, even though it's in the goddamn title. Um, so we have, we added two new kind of segments we wanted to try out. Would you like to, uh, intro those? Uh, sure. So this one segment we're going to try out is, uh, we're going to think of an actor mm-hmm. and we're going to guess what the highest and lowest rated movie on their IMDb page is. You mean Rotten Tomatoes? Sorry, Rotten Tomatoes. You're right. And then the, uh, concurrently, there's no one that says if we have an actor, we go to IMDb and we try to guess what his like top four known credits is. Fair enough. So do you want to start with the tomato game? Sure. Okay. Should you pick an actor and then like you know, I pick an actor and you have to like guess what his highest and lowest is and like you do the same for me? Sure. All right. So I'm gonna give you. I'm trying to give you like an A-lister or someone that like we've seen a good amount of his movies. Yeah. Or her movies. Don't want to leave out the women. I'm trying to think of. Um, all right, I'll just do someone. I don't know. Who's like who's like a big movie star? Dude, uh, here, want me to give you one first? Sure. All right, Ryan Gosling. Okay, Ryan Gosling. I'll get it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna guess. Who? I'm going to guess his highest rated is Drive. And I'll guess his lowest rated is Gangster Squad. That shitty fucking fake crime movie that he did with Anthony Mackie and Emma Stone. All right. So those are your final answers? That's my final answer. So you're half right on Drive. Uh, Technically... Nice Guys is rated above it, but they're both at 92%. I guess Nice Guys is, like, a little bit higher, 92%. That probably means that Nice Guys had more critics. Yeah, so Nice Guys and Drive are both 92, but they have Nice Guys at higher. His lowest rated is actually a movie called Stay. The fuck is Stay? I've never heard of it. Is that even a real movie? I don't know. When did it come out? 2005. It has Naomi Watts. McGregor and Ryan Gosling. You and McGregor? Yeah. Hold on. Let me look at this. He has a lot of... He's been in a lot of really good movies. Written by David Benioff? What the fuck? He he, he was the showrunner for uh, Game of Thrones. Nice. 27%. 124 critics. So, like, very rotten. <laughs> wow. I've never... This is a... Okay. Critic consensus, a muddled brain teaser, stay as a solid cast and innovative visuals, but little beneath the surface. Okay. Let's see. Like, sometimes you get, like, some, like, really random, like, good movies, but, like, he he generally does, like, good movies. Dude, his list is crazy. He has so many yeah. good movies. You got, um, f- all right, so just going on. First Man, Blade Runner. What the fuck is Song to Song? I don't know, but like, then you get Wall Land, Nice Guys, 
big short. He's, he's just in so many fucking great movies. Place Beyond the Pines. Fucking uh, Drive, Crazy for Love is a great romantic comedy. Boo Valentine, Lars and the Real Girl. Like he's just he is he's had a very good career. He has he has a good mix of kind of just like all kind of genres of movies. Yeah, he's not like a franchise guy though. No, and that's probably why he's good. Yeah, he has a lot of consistency in it. Damn, the Notebook's rotten. I would have thought that was fresh. No, I don't know. People really like it. And apparently his first film credit is Remember the Titans. Love it. Which was year number three most impactful. It was, it was, yeah, I think three or four. Yeah, it was three. Do you remember the first movie you saw him in? Remember the Titans. Yeah, well, I, I saw Remember the Titans really late, so by that time I'd already known him. I think the first movie I saw him in was probably... Probably crazy stupid love. I don't know because he wasn't like like a movie star before like that. I had never heard of Nat Half Nelson until you talked about it on the podcast the other day. Mm. Was it good? Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, now I got to think of an actor for you. I'm trying to think of someone that like, wouldn't be that easy, but also like would be like not too hard that like you would never fucking get it. So let's go, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my god, because um, he's someone who's been in a lot of shitty movies. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's a bunch that came into my mind for best and worst immediately. Oh, which one do I go with for best? You want me to talk out what I'm thinking, or do you want me to just? Yeah. Okay. Kind of, kind of, let's, let's All right. Don't dialogue. don't give your opinion on it. Just because I want to okay. be completely unbiased, but then obviously afterwards, give your opinion. But this is my current. So when you said Samuel L. Jackson, the I immediately thought of both best and worst movies. So best in my head immediately Pulp Fiction, immediately Django, immediately uh, anything Marvel related, because people eat that up. Uh, yeah. Worst immediately popped in my head Snakes on a Plane. Uh, I like that movie. God, uh, people like like that movie where he gets eaten by the shark, but I thought that movie was awful. No, that, that, that that's not like a movie people like like like. Yeah, it's just, like it's, it's just cornball like... movie. Yeah. Um, what is that called again? Like Deep Impact, or is that a completely uh, different? Movie? Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Deep, Blue sea. Deep Impact is a, an asteroid movie. Yeah. Um, I know he's in an even worse movie than those though. Okay, so for the best one, I'm really conflicted because I want to say Pulp Fiction, but. Everything in my body is like, no, pick something that he was in Marvel related. But I'll go Pulp Fiction for best. And th- wait, catch because his two high, um, his two high highest rated, uh, Tomato Meter movies are not like actually theatrical movies. What do you mean? They're theater? like they're like, t- that one of them's a TV movie, and then the other is a documentary. Yeah, so don't count those. So those don't count. Yeah. So I'll go Pulp Fiction on top, and I'll go. Uh, there's so he's in so many bad movies. I get like he okay. He's he okay. Also, he's lucky that he's in so many good movies, or else he'd definitely be on like 
Like, I question, like, if he's a good actor sometimes. But then when he's in a good movie, it's like, yeah, he's a... I think he's just is very charismatic. Well, he's, he's a like, great he's... actor when he's in a good film. So, like, that's the yeah. important part. I'm... God, he was in, like, a bunch of random movies, too. Oh, fuck, he's... wait. He was in Goodfellas. He had, like, a cameo. I don't know if that counts. But I don't know where Goodfellas would rank. God, now I'm confused between Pulp Fiction and Goodfellas. Uh... And he was, he had random, he has so many random appearances. Like, I don't, I, yeah. he's in one of the Jurassic Parks, but I can't remember which one. He's in the first oh, one. Oh, it's crap. He gets killed in the first one. Um, and he's in Star Wars, which people hate, obviously, so. None of those are, are verse, like, high um, Yeah. No, I'm saying, like, low, but, yeah. yeah. I'm, okay, uh, this has been taking enough time. I'm gonna go, I know it's not it, but I'm gonna go. Lowest is snakes on a plane, and highest is God. Assuming Goodfellas doesn't count, I'll go highest is Pulp Fiction. Snakes on a plane is sixty nine percent fresh. Yeah, I, God, I figure people just like that movie. I like it. It's is his wait? Is his? Is the documentary "I Am Not Your Negro"? That's the documentary. Well, he has two documentaries. One is the rise and fall of Jake. Jake of uh, Jack Johnson, that's a hundred percent fresh, yeah. and then he has a ninety nine percent fresh. I'm not. Your yeah, Negro. so I'm not. So I've, I've seen I'm not your Negro, and when you said it was a documentary, I I figured that was it, just because that's really good. But the documentary yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, so that's documentary. So his highest film is Incredibles at ninety seven percent. Alright, fair enough. And next highest is Goodfellas at ninety. Okay, see there it is. Then there's a lot of other really, really high ones before you get to your guess. So, what you guess, you guess Pulp Fiction, right? Well, to be fair, I said assuming Goodfellas doesn't count, but Goodfellas okay, counts. then Goodfellas because yeah, right. I said Pulp Fiction because I didn't know if Goodfellas counted. So, then you have out of sight 93%. I don't know what it is, he's uncredited in it, but he's in it. Then you have there's another really high one, so Pulp Fiction is 91%. What's his lowest then? His lowest is a movie called Kite that came out in 2014. Yeah, I'm never getting that. Uh, but I'm trying to think like what his next lowest was because like he's in so many bad movies. So. And what like Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children was pretty bad. I, I was really hyped for that movie until like the reviews came out. No, his next highest is his next uh, lowest is one percent for Twisted. I've never even heard of that. I've never heard of these either. He's in so many bad fucking movies. He really just takes whatever he can get. Like. It's one of those things where you throw a bunch of shit at the wall and like whatever sticks sticks and whatever doesn't doesn't. He's yeah. like that, but actor was like, of the man had and good, honestly good for him for having such a great work ethic. But in 2019, he was in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was in eight different films. I mean, he he wasn't the main character in any of them. But of course, if you have eight different roles or like five, because three of yeah. them were MCU. If you have five different roles, one of them's bound to be good. And also, yeah, he, he has so many, like, <coughs> what is percentage of fresh versus rottenness? Because, like, there's stretches where he just has, like, straight, like, six straight, uh, like, uh, rotten movies on here. Like, oh, my God. And, like, low, low, like, 12, 17, 20. He's not, he's not getting over 25 in, in some stretches. His longest streak is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, no, eight straight rotten movies. Jeez. But then again, he's in so many great ones. I don't know. I don't know what it is. 
I guess this he's just very fun to watch. Did you ever see the spirit? Oh, uh, no, but I've heard about it. Apparently, that's supposed to be terrible. <laughs> oh my god, okay. this was weird to look at. His filmography is so interesting. Yeah, and despite him like being like so famous, like he didn't like start acting to like a little bit into like like he was pretty old when he started like getting like real movie roles. Yeah, because I can't picture him like actually not looking old. Yeah, because like, his first like real performance was um, uh, in Coming to America as like a hold up guy. Yeah, I mean he was or, in Do the Right Thing. I think that kind of set off some stuff. Yeah, but he was like he was he was like played like the DJ like he was kind of he played intro and outro at the movie. True. Right, that was really weird. All right, damn, I could look at his filmography like for two hours and just be shocked <laughs> by it. All right, do we go? Do we do we lead into our our topic of the of the yeah? Week? Go ahead. All right. So no, I think you should intro. Um. So basically, we were thinking of discussing uh the best villains since two thousand. So since in the twenty first century, best uh. And, well, I I'm not gonna say villains because that's too like. Yeah, Antagonist, antagonistic yeah. like forces, and uh, yes. if if it's an antihero, but the, so like Deadpool's an antihero that leans good at least in the films. So like he wouldn't count, but like if you're an antihero that leads leans bad, like Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler, then that counts. Yeah. Yeah. I also have a, a caveat that I want to throw in. What's that? I want to say no uh, comic book or superhero movies for this list. Um. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Because I think we can do that for a different. Yeah, one. that's fair. I mean that that one's and just we gonna... can spend so much time talking about like like the the, the like. You know what I mean? I mean, so the only on comic book person I would have on my list is the Joker anyway, so. I could talk a long time about, like, certain comic book and superhero villains on here. I could I could spend so much time talking about I, that. These I don't so think many. there any of them are that good, though. I mean, I like Michael Keaton's Vulture. Um, I really like Loki. I really like um, Heath Ledger's um, uh, Heath Joker. Ledger's Joker, really I think, like... is the only... I'm not counting Joaquin's Joker, but Heath Ledger's Joker is the only one that I think is worth really putting because like we're about to talk about like actual like some of the best antagonistic forces in movies and like people put like people like loki and uh whoever the villain uh killmonger like they put them on a pedestal but if you actually think about it they're not that well written they get a big plus for for us knowing them from comics and stuff like that yeah they they get so my point is the only one that is like actually well written regardless of comics is probably heath's joker besides that all those comic book movie villains probably don't deserve to even be mentioned in the same breath as like who i'm gonna mention first but there's so many great performances that come out of these because they just get to they just get to like ham it up sometimes yeah that's 100 percent true so so who who do you want to uh lead off the conversation Uh... with there's, uh, I want to lead off with, uh, I guess we can lead off with Anton Chigurh. Okay, yeah, because he's probably the number one. I don't uh, know. Like... The, the, we both agree that the three best villains from the 2000s, or at least I know I said this and you seem to agree, the three best villains of the 2000s came back to back to back. Which was Chigurh, um, Heath Ledger, and yeah. Hans Landa. Yes. So let's talk about Chigurh for a little bit. I I kind of like the, I think the reason why people are so captivated by him because like he's just so like, minimal. Yeah, you know, he's he's like he's like the Terminator. He just shows up, does things. He has no like barely any dialogue in the movie, and he just is, he just looks so creepy. And that haircut 
what the fuck? <laughs> like, who is intimidating with that fucking haircut? It's creepy as all hell. <laughs> I think like, everything... I've, so I, I've always... You know how people say, like, villains need to be... The best... Or no, people... Not need, but people say the best villains are normally, like, the opposite of the hero. Like, in or not opposite, but they take the the kind of opposite beliefs of the hero and they, like, manipulate them and that type of thing. I forget how people phrase it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't so, know, yeah. what fascinates yeah. me about this movie is there is no hero. So, the antagonist... How do you make an antagonist without a protagonist? You know what I mean? Yeah, basically. And that's what yeah, they did. And I think that's part of the reason it's so fascinating. It's just... He's just an antagonistic force. And also, spoiler for the the next 10 seconds, is that, like, he also, he wins. He oh, wins absolutely. So, like, it's crazy. Um, this is, whenever, whenever he gets, gets to, like, show his, like, real psychopath nature, it's so good. Like, like that, that scene of him, like, weaving the store and the explosion happens is great. But I think my favorite scene of him is when he's in the, the room with Woody Harrelson and the, like, the, you can just, like, the the Brothers did a great job, of kind of like of like, just like putting so much of like that dude's backstory. There's there's probably a whole history of that motherfucker that is so rich and so captivating that we just know from like him being on screen a couple times and Woody Harrelson referencing him like a little bit. Yeah, I I mean the scene everyone points to is the coin toss scene. The coin toss scene. Doesn't he open the movie with like killing the cops? So escape? yeah, is that, the, is that first the first time scene? I believe I haven't watched the movie in like a year. I believe the first thing we see him do is we see him get arrested. Let it, we see him let himself get arrested. Then the cop on the f- hangs up the phone in the police house and he strangles him to death with the handcuffs. He unties himself and then he in the cop car he chases he like flashes his lights to pull over another car and then shoots him in the forehead with his little cow gun. Yeah, with a weird fucking uh, That is one of my favorite weapons ever, like and in anything, including superhero movies. I think that is one of the coolest weapons ever. Yeah, they have the it's cattle so thing. cool. Oh. That for me, that's up there with like Yondu's arrow, and God, what even else? Like, is I don't even know like some like random well, like, fucking thing. Yeah, because I mean, it's way cooler than like Cap Shield or some other whatever weapon you want to think of. Like it's yeah. just so him, <laughs> just a cow thing. To go more dive deep into more psychopaths, I'm gonna talk uh, Amy from Gone yes. Girl. That's just, she's just like the the the, fir- the more and more you like watch the movie, just the more like on the, you just feel so like unsettled by her every time she's on screen because just like the methodicalness of the method- I don't know if that's the word the, the methodical nature of her. Her the plotting, the scheming, the amount of time and effort, and like just, how much energy you have to have to do what she did, the, the, how much hate you have to be she, fooled by. I mean, it, it, I feel like I don't want to get this misconstrued because she doesn't carry the movie in terms of like the movie would be bad without her, but like she really just the movie's her movie. And it's I just, think I think what like, speaks to it is. The effect she has when she's off screen, like she's, it feels like she's never off the screen. Yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's like she's a movie monster, and you just always kind of like feel her presence. And like the no, the the most creepy scene in the whole movie for me is once after spoiler after she's home and she is like tucking him into bed, and they're sleeping in like different beds because he's like terrified of his wife after she, he like knows what Absolutely. she's capable of. 
And oh my god, like I also like love that like even like her plan gets fucked up like five times and she still figures out like a way to like kind of like get back and do like get what she wants and so it's that like it's it's really fucking impressive what Rosamund Pike is able to do with this movie and she is not in enough movies I don't know how that was 2014 how was she how was she like she not getting roles like a motherfucker I mean I I I don't know I think people were scared of her that's what I mean her she has the psycho eyes in that movie she just Uh, channels inner like she's the like certain roles like there's other actresses who could have played that well but she really owned it. Oh my god. Okay, where do you want to go next with this? Because I have a couple, but I feel like you should be like one, two. If we want to uh, keep like, well, going, so I'll let like, you talk about Hans. I feel like you have more to say because I want to talk about a different Quentin Tarantino villain. I, I like Hans a little bit better than uh, the one you're talking about because I feel like for him, for me, he's like more of a like straight like villain. He's more like straight evil, just like um. He's my favorite kind of, like, he's one of my favorite kind of villains where he, like, he's captivating to you. Like, you could see being, like, he's so interesting. Like, it's just as, as like, a character himself, if, even if he wasn't, like, a terrible Nazi guy, he just, like, the way he talks, he's very charismatic, and he's, like, and, like, just that, ever talk about the opening scene of, of, of Ingor's Pastor is, like, it's so captivating. It's the first, like, 20 minutes is him, like, like, in, interrogating this guy, and it's, it's so intriguing. But, like, to me, I like the scene, um, later on at, at the restaurant a little bit better with oh, Shoshana yeah. when like because do you think that he knows who she is during that see, scene? See that's the amazing thing you can never tell you can see it both ways because I don't he, think if, he like, can but it's if, like I think most people would assume he can't tell you know how could he but it's it's this idea that he knows everything and you can never tell you can never tell yeah and like I, I said this to to you is that like Hans Landa is like is like everybody's my player in two K. You should keep demanding a trade when you don't like your current situation. Because at the end of the movie, he he switches sides and joins uh, USA and and blows up Hitler and all them. Lets that happen. So that kind of shows you more about like he isn't really like like a like a, a blinded Nazi soldier. He's just trying to like be on the winning side, and that just shows you like like the crazy like mentality. I don't know. I think he is still pretty evil like, though. Cause consider like, remember the rat metaphor, like within the first 10 minutes of the movie, I think he's yeah, still pretty evil. I just yeah. think he cares more about living than he does the German, whatever. Yeah. And he also chokes a person to death in, in the middle, like an innocent woman to death. And hit, well, she wasn't like, innocent to him, before, like, but yeah, she was that. like, we were rooting. True. For her. True. True. I guess she wasn't that innocent, but it's like, he just is like very, like not so much like pure evil, but just like he's motivated. He he likes being good at finding and killing Jews. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. He does. So yes, that's so. Now yeah, sure. So candy. I I also like Hans more. I just figured you, but it's like it's very close. Yeah, I think I like Hans more because he's given so much more emphasis, like time, and he's like the main villain. Uh, whereas like. I don't know. He just has more to do. Like Leo, they if both. I, if, yes, if I were to pick, they both no, play their parts up. perfectly. It's just Hans is way more imperative to the story than Leo is in. Yeah, yeah. Like if I were to pick characters, like like characters who I like better as as the villain, I pick Hans Landa. But who do I like? Who's my favorite character out of the two? So Calvin yeah. Can, so first of all, is Leo wearing? He's wearing mascara, right? When he plays Calvin K, like because his eyes looks. He just looks. He looks like Jafar. Um, 
but I know he's wearing mean, the yeah. skin, like something about true. it. I don't know. Anyway, oh dude, I love his performance. I mean, not love as in like, woo, I agree with this, but like he just kills it. He <laughs> kills it in this role. His intro scene when he's when he's like yelling at the Mandingo fights is is so good. That's one of the best introductions to a. I'm pretty sure his first uh. His first like introduction to him is, is his back is turned to us and you just hear him say something to to fucking Christoph Waltz. It's just like I don't know what he the same thing. You're like you're kind of intrigued by him, even though he's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, it it's it's just it's one of those things where every time like and it's not it's not any other actor's fault. It's just anytime Calvin's on the screen, he steals the the show. And also, you kind of like because he's also, but he's also kind of an idiot. Well, I wouldn't say you know idiot. I, mean? I think he's just used to having his way, and so, and so, like yeah. when they almost pulled pull a fast one on him, that's what made him so angry. And he felt like he, like he was just like he wasn't mad about the business. He was like he felt like disrespected. because yeah. he, yeah, because he it's would like, never have invited like, them. I just the the I love the like just how like he plays like twisted sick evil but he also like has like fun with it where he like cheers for the mandingo fights and then he feels all like maniacal villain is like, eating the cake after he thinks he's won it's just like the way he like just the way his character goes with situations is he just has the most captivating like persona and just, like, magnetism when he's ever he's on screen i don't like i wonder what he would be like if like Maybe they if he never found out, would he like them? Would he be friends, or will he still be like a, a? I don't know. He just he just intrigues me so much, and he, he wasn't nominated for this movie. I'm no, he sure. wasn't. And I completely agree that he should have won Best Supporting Actor this year. Even though Christoph Waltz yeah. also like deserved accolades in that, like when you're not even the most like screen stealing performance in your own movie, it's tough. But Christoph Waltz is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. I just it's. Chris, like certain people, just play villains perfectly, and both of them, Waltz and Leo, both do. Was every actor I think would rather? I don't think every actor would. I don't think every matter what. Like, like, I don't know. Mark Hamill said that he wanted Luke Skywalker to turn bad at end of Return of the Jedi because he said that would. Yeah, and and that's what Mark Hamill thinks, and I'm sure a lot of actors would want to play the villain, but like. I think some actors see them like their public persona as a result of certain roles they play. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely think True. Chris Evans yeah. had fun in Knives Out, but at the end of the day, what would he rather be? Like the antagonist in Knives Out or Captain America? Well, like if you're a hero, you're gonna be like a chance of like a film franchise. But like, just in terms of like, if you're gonna do one movie, I think like. Nine out of ten actors. It does depend on the role, though. Like, it depends on how iconic or how well written the villain is. Because, like, I'd rather be Captain America than Red Skull, but I'd much rather be Loki than Thor. True. I also think that it's like, in terms of like, uh, like what the context of of like the movie or the story is. Because I feel like certain actors they can like do, um, they can do more of the villain role, like make more decisions. Whereas a hero role, I feel like there's it, it, it's kind of like more art. That's archetype. fair. And so, but like going back to what I said, like certain villains are written. Sp- like for example, Christoph Waltz was the perfect casting as Hans Landa, not only because of how he acts in English, but like he speaks like three languages, and he acts in those languages. Yeah. So like, of course, he's going to get that part. Like, 
Leo was a great casting for Calvin Candy because he's like so douchey and disgusting. Yeah, he has like like I feel like if Calvin Candy was like like if he was just like born like nowadays he'd wear like <laughs> body spray and shit. Like I feel like that's what Calvin God, Candy maybe. would be right now. He'd be a, like a frat hazing scandal. He'd be like that <laughs> kind of guy. All right, I have, I have a different villain that I feel like you would never right, bring up in a million years, which is Koba. That's a good Dawn one. Good choice. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen, have you seen it's, it? It's a really good new trilogy. Those those are some of my favorite movies that I don't watch enough. Like I've only yeah. seen them a couple times, and Koba is really good because he is. He has like the MCU type scheme where he needs like everything to go his way, but it, it makes sense for him. Like the way that he plots against different people and the fact that it's first of all, the fact that it's a, a motion capture performance is is impressive. And the fact that they're able to do that much with a with CGI creature is, is very amazing. But just take that take that away from it. Just the actual villain nature of himself. It's it, it's 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 like a Shakespeare uh it's like a Shakespeare esque kind of story of like like brothers turned on each other and like like the causes and stuff like that and like the end fight scene on top of the building is like it's it's just so it's very emotional it's very personal and it just it just plays out really well and i feel like it's just one that i feel people forget about a good amount of time so I, that's uh one that is really really interesting to go back and like i feel like it really does into like again the psychology the like the 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 morality and all that kind of stuff like and he like that scene i don't know if you remember that scene too much i mean that movie too much but the scene when he like tells the ape to like do, like kill a human and he says no that he kills the ape on top of the thing like that's oh then you see like you see him like dive more and more crazy as the movie goes on and it's just so fucking amazing yeah. to watch um that coba on 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 i mean uh underappreciated fair enough i i, I agree i I wouldn't have said it, but I'm glad you said it because it the, that that trilogy that deserves a lot more general credit. And he comes up for like in a dream sequence in War of the Planet of the Apes, and that, even then he just still has his, like his mark on. It shows you he's lasting, even when he's not uh, there anymore. He still has his impact. All right. So where do you want to take this combo um, next? Let's see. Do you want to take a break and then we can uh, continue discussing? Because I've got a bunch more. All right, let's do that. So we we'll take a quick break, and then we'll see you back here. We'll be back with the second half of Days and Reviews, Best Villains of the 21st Century. Will, do you want to lead us off with the second half? Uh, sure. So to lead us off, uh, it would be I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character from Nightcrawler. Okay, yeah. Which um, is like, he's not like a pure villain, but he is villain-esque. He's, so like an- he's anti-hero, yeah. but leans towards villainous, in my opinion. He is the, like, the... I love that movie because you see like the the progression of his psychopath natures. It's like the first time when you see him kind of like be like a, like 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 very fucked up is when he moves that dead body to get the shot. That made me so like it just made my skin crawl. Yeah, that like oh my god, like I, I don't know what he, he just brings something about that. Uh, I, I, I want to know what he uh, have you ever seen any th- any Parks and Rec? A little bit. I've seen a couple episodes here. And there, so, yeah. do you know how Rob Lowe's character is like constantly very upfront and happy? Yes. Jake Gyllenhaal's character is exactly what Rob Lowe's character would be if you completely one eighty it, and he was very upfront and not happy. Like this is this is very true. This is how we're but 
don't you feel like you've like met some like Lou Bloom type characters in your life? Also, his name is perfect, Lou Bloom. Lou Bloom. Oh, it's like, but don't you feel like you've met some people that just kind of remind you of like they're kind of like that like I have like that like weird creepy constant smile and they're like you know what I mean? Um, it's like yeah, Willem Dafoe. I feel like something happened in Lou's childhood that, like, somebody didn't sit with him at lunch, and then he became like this. Uh, you can also, just to plug it, you can stream Nightcrawler for free on IMDb, I believe, right now. Oh, on IMDb TV? Yes, right now. You, I need to take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently looking at all the free movies to stream on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we talk, we bring up Nightcrawler and Lou Bloom a lot, so feel free to uh, move on. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a similar kind of anti-hero type character, which is Vincent from Collateral. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this movie? Uh, I've, it's, a lot of it's been spoiled, and I've seen bits on YouTube, but I've never watched the full run through. He's not like a straight-up villain, but again, he's not kind of like an anti-hero. He's just kind of like, like a, an antagonistic kind of force that happens in this movie. That's how I would describe him. But he's kind of this dude who, like, you know that he's, like, a bad dude and that he's going to, like, and all this shit. But at the same time, like, he's, he's captive in it. Like, he intrigues you. He, like, he, he, like, I don't know what, I have, I have a thing for, like, very, like, like, villain, like, villainous people. But at the same time, you, like, kind of want to, like, you kind of want to talk to. And that's kind of who this guy is. Like, yes, he's, he's, like, a contra killer and a hitman. He's killed people and stuff like that. But at the same time, you could see, like, maybe if you didn't know that about him, you would like the guy and you would want to, like, talk to him and shit like that. And it's kind of like, and you see that conflict in Jamie, Jamie Foxx's character and how, like, he, he, like, doesn't like that he kind of likes the guy. It's, like, it's just so interesting. I also think it's really cool to see Tom Cruise play, like, a dick, a villain, because he's, like, the, like, he's, like, the movie star of, like, the past couple of decades. And he's kind of, like, the, like, like, like the like hey like the, the like you know what i mean like you know I mean? he just it, that's just so cool he is. he's like the movie star the action star like he's fucking uh oh my god mission impossible and all that shit so like my his best roles for me is when he gets to play these kind of weird people like this and in tropic thunder hmm it's like i really recommend anybody who hasn't seen it to see this movie because it's so good and it's so underseen yeah fair enough uh i definitely need to watch it at some point um all right, in that case, if we are moving on, yes, I would also sticking in 2014, uh, J.K. Simmons' character from Whiplash. Again, another kind of like antagonistic person who isn't really like a straight villain. Oh yeah, he but he's real bad. <laughs> he's way, yeah. in my opinion, he's more quote unquote villain than Lou Bloom. Um, really? Yeah, Lou kills a guy. I, I mean, J.K. Simmons was the result of a kid's suicide. So true. Oh yeah, that scene when like uh, that's true. Spoiler alert! But if I, you haven't seen Whiplash by now, I don't. I'm. I don't. You know, it's your fault. It is your fault. But Whiplash is kind of like, but like also like my favorite scene in that movie is kind of when like like it's the ending scene when they're like doing the concert and like uh, he fucks over Andrew, but then Andrew kind of responds with his own "fuck you" and he loves it, <laughs> like. It's so fucking like it's just like again the like the inner workings of this guy's brain is that he likes that he's creating this kind of like person. He likes driving him crazy enough to like do this kind of shit. It's like also he gave me he was my uh, Instagram caption. I mean Instagram uh, Instagram bio for like a solid year. 
and it was the quote he had uh, at the bar. It was like the two most harmful words in the English language are "good job," mm. which is just it's so like it's so good. That's such a good line. He he. Have you ever had a music teacher like him? No. Have you ever had like a coach like him? Uh, no, not to that degree. And most people don't like people. A lot of people are like, no, obviously not. To, obviously not no, to but that like degree. so many people, one thing that doesn't worry me about the movie is so people, so many people watch it and they're like, Oh my God, this is what it's really like for most people. And like, I had so many experiences. It's like, sure. no, most this, this will very rarely happen to you. No. Yeah. He is the 1% of the 1% of psychopathic teachers. Yeah. But like, I'm mean, just like, I'm just, I just like a small little, a wee little like sliver of him. Yeah, I suppose. Like, I've had dicks. This kind of nature. You know, teachers that were dicks. Uh, also, he has one of the best uh, Oscar acceptance speeches uh, I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really short. It's really quick. It, it just says something. I don't know. He says something like, like, call your moms, call your parents. Like, don't text them, call them. And this is really quick. I don't know. It was really cool. Uh, this is my brought up to my brother the other week. And I was like, think about... All right, so every year, there's so many like pretty good Oscar acceptance speeches. But for every one that we hear, there's four other ones we never get to hear. There's probably been so many great speeches that we could have heard if they had been the ones who won the Oscar. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Like, I think about that every day. Cause, like I watch a lot of – like my favorite one of all time is Matthew McConaughey's for uh, Dallas Buyers Clubs, the, the three people I need every day. And like, there's probably been so many great speeches that we never get to hear, and that eh, upsets me a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people hate that movie. Yeah, they're like, oh, this isn't representative. And honestly, maybe they have a point. I'm not a part of that community. But like, I don't know. Isn't it based on a true story? Yeah, but they're like, oh, this movie, I hate this movie because how how Jared Leto portrays like trans people or something. I don't know. Like, it's an argument I've heard multiple times. And it's like, but that's like me. I feel like that's fair, valid. I'm not a part of the whatever (laughs) community. Like, I can't vouch for anything. But I will add, that's like me saying like, yeah, but, you know, Glory Road isn't really too representative of what I went through as a basketball player and stuff like that. Like, I, I feel yeah. like the film's not saying, hey, this is what you go through. The film is just trying to portray a story. Yeah, exactly. That was probably a very, that metaphor might offend some people. But, like, the, the, the point wasn't to offend. The point was to make an analogy. Like, you know, it's not, yes, it it's, is. No, I don't think anyone was getting, going away from Dallas Buyers Club being like, that is what every transgender person is. Yeah, it's just like it's just an instance, and it's a story. A story is a story. Yeah, which and I, that's that's what an argument I used to defend a lot of various stories. Now sometimes it goes too far. Like uh, a Serbian film, in my opinion, goes too far. But like that's what opinions are for. Like you draw your. I just I don't like how people feel the need to draw the line for everyone. Everyone's line is different. Like what I find offensive True. is very much different than what you know someone else finds offensive and and the the key is just meeting in the middle and not just canceling each other and getting angry at each other without yeah. hearing each other out let everybody draw their own line yeah like if like for example like a lot of people hate on Quentin Tarantino it's not my job to say hey f you it's my job to say you know what that's your opinion that's fair and my opinion is that he can do what he wants as long as it's within the realm of his artistic freedom and he's not doing anything you know obscenely mortifyingly awful and, you know, that's just what it, or like how Joker, people were flipping out about Joker. In my opinion, is it, it, nothing was wrong with it. But everyone has their own opinion. I just think people take it to the extreme. But it was like people were like flipping out about Joker for things that they thought might maybe happen as a result of it. People were flipping out about what was in it. 
people were out about what maybe what was in it would inspire some other activity. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, yeah, but people really it, it seems the media and the mass audience really likes to pick and choose. Like that's like flipping out at Inglorious Bastards thinking someone's going to try and recreate the Holocaust. <laughs> like if a movie inspires something it's it it I'm I mean, you don't want it to, but I'm just saying like <laughs> you could watch any movie and be inspired to do something horrible from it, honestly. I I go to my I, to, to to I go to the famous movie Happy Gilmore, and I go to the shirt that his boss was wearing. Uh, is that guns don't kill people? I kill people. It isn't what it is; it's who is doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so it is. I can like, think of like a bunch of movies off the bat, including Joker, but not limited to Joker. That like, if you watch them, I mean, like, I didn't hear anyone say this about a super violent movie like Sicario, off the top of my head. You know? No. And that movie's like really like politically relevant. Yeah, right I, yeah. Just off the top, I was trying to, like, I don't and like that. Like, That's what? If, like, I'm a guy, you know. What if? What if I was like, hey, don't see Gone Girl because I don't want you to copy that. You know, I I don't know. I just think it's kind of dumb. But and then there's crazies out there, man. Like, like I, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, don't blame the artists. Yeah, it's yeah. People who take inspiration from art, it isn't that it isn't the artist's fault. It's it's that person. It's they they were fucked up. It's like if you can't watch a movie without killing people, then you then it, yeah that there there's a problem there that should have been addressed ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Joker was about, and people were mad about that movie because Joker was kind of about that. It was like that's so like that's so meta that the that the morons didn't even get it. It's like oh my god. I just thought of uh, a movie that I haven't seen, but I know that you love this character, Patrick Bateman. Oh yes, no, you stole him off my list. All right, fair enough. Do you want to talk? About- well, because I was saying, I wasn't. No, here's why. I I figured you would forget about him because he the movie came out in 2000, so he barely qualifies. No, well, because so, so so I have two 2000s, uh, two 2000 characters on my list, but I figured you might. Well, no, I just figured I would get to them eventually. Okay, so I, did, I, did, I just assumed that you had forgotten. So yeah, I, I mean, I so. won't go too much into Patrick Bateman just because, but I think he's one of the most iconic, like, anti-whatevers, like, pseudo-protags, whatever, antagonists, whatever you want to call it. Oh my god, I love that movie so much. That movie is the epitome, <laughs> excuse me, of, like, dark comedy. Of, like, yeah. a black comedy, you know? Like, it, he, like no, go, go, go. I was say, like, I think he has one of the most famous scenes from any kind of villain we're going to talk about is the, uh, oh my god, Hit to be Square. Yeah, so, 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 oh, I'm fanboying just because that's one of my favorite movies and I feel like I don't talk about it. I never have a chance to talk about it, I feel like. But, um, yeah. so there's like three really, really, really important scenes to me in that movie, right? So the, the opening scene, because that's where we see he's a narcissistic sociopath. The, uh, so the, uh, there's some, oh, dude, I, I want to keep it to three. I'm saying three scenes where we, like, really see him as a villain, like, and we can't root for him, basically. We cannot root for him. There's yeah. a scene, so the opening scene, it's like, who the hell is this guy? The scene where, what you talked about, hip to be square, where he literally just fucking axes someone, and then he kills a homeless guy. He's like, why don't you get a job? And he, like, murders him. And that scene always gave me, like, a really uncomfortable feeling because I felt so bad watching that scene. And those three scenes to me, if it weren't for those three scenes, you could argue like, Hey, it's not so bad. And like, whatever. 
but like those three scenes keep you keep you invested enough as well in the movie. But there's so many iconic parts of that movie. Like when when he goes to strangle the guy at the urinal and the guy's gay and starts hitting on him. I say I haven't seen oh, this dude. movie, so I, I obviously. What about the uh, the 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 uh, business card scene? Have you seen that? No, oh, okay. I've only seen sp- the okay, yeah. Whenever you get a chance, watch that movie. It's hilarious, and it's also good. It's just a good movie. Yeah. So, would you call that movie a, a horror? No, no, no. It's it's a, it's a dark comedy. It's it's not. Yeah, yeah, there's people, no horror involved. Yeah, people call that movie a horror movie, and I'm like, really? No, I mean, I'll give you maybe, maybe I'll give you thriller, but in my opinion, it's yeah. it's like a pure satire dark comedy. Yeah. And I think to it's, watch it with any. I think a lot of people who hate the movie watch it with any semblance of, like, I don't know. The, it what I feel like don't watch it the same you would watch Scream, but like kind of. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. What you, I know what you mean. It does satire some horror elements, so, but I think it's just a dark comedy. Going back to um. I, I just because I just thought about this, but do you remember how, like everybody uh, was calling Black Panther and Killmonger like the Malcolm X and Martin Luther King? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, the same thing is with Koba and Caesar. Yeah, I just want to say that now. Except they, they the did it way dynamic. more appealingly. Well, because they did it over three movies. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, even if would you watch that Black Panther movie three times though, like. I I would um, like to see Killmonger more. I think he had potential. I think he, I think yeah. he was solid. I he like this is the same thing. Like he like he um he was good. And you want to see more of him, but like his character's purpose makes sense for him to die. Yeah. Where were we, Patrick Bateman? So is it your turn? I, I mean, think, you I think, gave me Patrick Bateman. Uh, Feel free to go ahead with one. I'm trying to think of like, like a pure like villain type like role that I can think of that isn't um, just like an antagonistic force or like an anti-hero. Uh, I, or something. So my next one was going to be that. What an no, anti-hero? no, just a pure villain. That's who's Commodus a pure from Gladiator. I don't. That was the other one from 2000. Oh, okay, yeah, that was the one that I couldn't get for uh, twenty. Yeah, I mean, I won't go too deep. We didn't air that, did we? No, we didn't air that. I won't go too deep into this, but basically. He's just a really good villain. Like he's 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 like your very. I think he's a very good example of you can still have a great movie, well, a very good movie that the villain is like very kind of cardboardy. But if it's acted well and it's written well, it's still good. Yeah, and 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 Phoenix does a good job of playing that kind of like like psychopath, like weird, unsettling kind of role. He doesn't joke any. He kind of like he kind of can do that like in a sleep if he wants to. He just has that kind of like. Yeah, I mean, him. so so that was back when Joaquin was still doing like bigger budget movies and stuff like that, and so his acting style yeah. has changed—not style, but it's just how he acts. I feel like it's changed a good amount. Like pre, basically, you know how he had that fake documentary, yeah, where he pretended to be a rapper. Um, so all the movies before that, I feel like have a very so that includes like Walk the Line, where he plays Johnny Cash, he plays Commodus. They're very yeah. actory. You know what I mean? Whereas since that, he's been in so many artsy type things like her, Inherent Vice. He was in, uh, uh, if you were never really here, I believe it's called. You're never really there. But he plays like a really cool kind of anti whatever here on that. And then obviously Joker. So like 
and the master. So since then, he's really taken on these juicy roles. But like, that's what I was saying. Just like that's Commodus is a very simple villain, but a very good one still. And it's proof you don't need your villains to be like, you know, Anton Chigurh level, whatever. Like it's kind of like the Marvel method. There's like we need our villains to service the hero. Yeah, except this villain's actually good, and most Marvel villains aren't. Well, yes, but saying like it's like that kind of model of it. It's like it's not like the villain is like the story, but he is there to like serve the the hero. Yeah, and, the and Gladiator is an example of where the villain is like the anti the antithesis of the hero. Yeah. Um, I just had uh, a, I thought of one that I bet a lot of people would think of that I'm really not a fan of, which is Pennywise. No. I he's really not, don't he, like... Well, I don't like that he's, movie. I mean, I liked the first hit, and I didn't see the second hit because I just heard it was bad. But, like, I, you can't put him to the same degree. There's there, So, I actually, on my list, I actually have a better thriller-slash-horror movie villain. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk you about can talk about Pennywise. Pennywise. <laughs> I, just, I just don't, like... <clears throat> I, that one, it isn't scary. The 2017 it is not a scary yeah, it had, movie. It, there's some so good horror parts, but yeah, I agree. It's not. But if, if you are a horror movie and your villain does not cause scares, it's not a good villain. Also, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a CGI character. And also, like, it's kind of like... It, it, he doesn't, like... I don't know, it, it, it's an okay performance, but he's not like a... He's not a very good villain. It's 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 like if that was like a movie now, it would be like if that if that if you take that script, and if you know that it isn't based off a Stephen King novel, I guarantee you that movie doesn't really get made. Yeah, and people it it's get made for the same. same reason MCU villains and a lot of like any anything hero related or like sometimes even like comic related in general. Like if you're if people know of you or of your character beforehand, it gives you so much leeway in terms of if it's actually good or not. Yeah, that's very true. It 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 really yeah, because like I'm just thinking like more MCU kind of stuff. Like I I really, I, re- I really don't think Loki's that good. I think people hype him up too much just because it's like he's entertaining, but he's not actually that great of like a. Oh, uh, see, I really like. Loki. I don't think he. I just I think as a character, he's better than he is as a. I'm saying like purely in terms of serving purpose, because he he's not even really a villain anymore. He he was a villain for well, a movie was... and a half. And then yeah. for the past two and a half movies that he's been in, he what? Because I like him. I like him a lot in Thor, and in uh, it, like only on Thor when he's pure like like mastermind kind of guy. And then I like him a lot in Thor Ragnarok where he's just kind of like yeah. See, but like in Thor dick, Ragnarok, you know? he's really... he's at that point he's a hero. He's like oh yeah, he's an anti-hero Like. People forget. I think people forget what like him and Thor, because him and Thor was just about him like legitimately trying to like win the affection of yeah. His and then Avengers was him like serving Thanos basically. Yeah. Um. Okay. We talked. We talked about an MCU villain twice now. I mean, it's it's when you're talking purely yeah. about villains in the 21st century, you're bound to talk about it a little bit. But all right, I have a question. Just like in terms of like, would you? Ha- I- uh, I don't want to because I have a question of whether or not you have a villain on your list, but I don't want to do that because if you don't, then it's whatever. And if you do, I suppose no, you can list. say it because I've been talking a lot this episode. Do you have Voldemort no. on your list? Okay, see, I haven't seen well, the movie. So I no. don't have Voldemort on this for the same reason. I, I, so, so first off, I did originally, but then mm-hmm. when you said no MCU, 
and no DC and no superhero comic book. I took him off just because I felt that was the same vein. It's it's franchise, <laughs> franchise villain. Yeah, and like it's the same. I mean, I yeah. don't think Sauron's actually a good villain in terms of you know actuality. Well, he's just a a being exactly. In the sky. So like, well, Saruman is more of a villain, a, a constant villain in that franchise. Um. Well, no, there's there's like actual villains like the. Uh, Oh, I can't believe the Lord of the Rings fans forgetting it. But basically, like, Saruman and, uh, you know, the guy who ran... Oh, the Night King. There we go. Um, like, those guys are, like, the, vil- the villain villains, whereas Sauron doesn't actually do anything. So, like, yeah, those types of things I'm no. not bothering. I mean, even if we were doing, like, comic book slash, like, Lord of the Rings stuff, I wouldn't even put Sauron or any of the Lord of the Rings villains on it. Maybe the Balrog, but that doesn't count. That's just a monster. That, that that's just that's just like a big yeah it's just like a creature. Um, but I do have so, a better horror movie villain. Um, so first of all, when I when we were thinking of doing this, I was like, damn, considering horror is such an important genre, like there's not many good antagonists, you know, <clears throat> where like even yeah. though the villain's supposed to be extremely important in it. But uh, I think a really, I think a good antagonistic force, and I, I'm not counting like ones where the person's like a good person, then a demon possesses them. Like that doesn't count, you know. Okay, so I, yes. the tethered, and most specifically Lupita Nyong'o's character from Us. Which I, I would say I saw that movie. I didn't really like the movie that much, but she oh, was dude, fucking fantastic. Dude, she she's really good in it. <clears throat> Excuse me, jeez. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like. I I remember talking about this a bit with you. I don't even like the movie that much, and I think I've said I've, I've said yeah, that before. Neither. But there's the that movie frustrates me because there's certain things I love in it, and there's certain things I hate. I liked the um the twist in it. About, Everyone's um, the tethered. That yeah, that it wasn't that it wasn't just like this one like isolated instance. It was like a whole big like it was a whole big like secret. Getting what the water fuck is that? for this cough. Okay. Uh, I like the twist in us that it wasn't just like these four people that were had like these like parallel people that it was like a whole like everybody was tethered and stuff like that. That was really fucking cool. But other than that, that movie really Yeah, I think there's real good scenes, but I don't think they add up as a whole for a good movie. Yes, Um, that's very true. Do you who's next on your list? I kinda like ran through all like the people that I would really talk about in terms of like actually like pure like really good villain. There's a bunch of like like random ones I could talk about. So I, like, I, I think like, I like, think we still have two more legitimately good antagonists to talk about. Um, maybe um, I don't. I don't ones. think you've so seen. You so my guess is you don't consider one of these an antagonist, and then for the other one, you probably haven't seen it. <laughs> so first okay. is uh, Bill the Butcher from Gangs in New York. I have um, not seen so it. So he's great. That's Daniel Day Lewis, and being super Daniel Day Lewisy. Yeah. Okay, question. Would you consider Daniel Plainview a villain? Nope, and that's a great lead-in to my next one. Uh, Eli Sunday. Okay. Okay, That that's... Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I didn't know if you would consider Eli Sunday, Sunday an antagonist, but here's my thinking. So, I, I yeah. in that film, I consider Plainview to be an antagonistic like person, but I consider him to be more of like the anti-hero because a lot of the time we don't know his true nature and we're rooting for him. To uh this is um yeah. there will be blood for those of you who don't know. Uh I think what what I love about that movie is that um 
is that he has like very little dialogue and it's just like what he does and stuff like that um and you kind of yeah you never really know like like who he is you know what i mean you don't know if he's a total dick or if he's just like well he's well he's taken you see him like my first my favorite part of the movie is the first like 20 minutes when there's no dialogue and you just see him progressively like getting bigger and bigger and bigger so like you see him kind of like, uh, like Gordon, not Gordon Gecko. Who's Wolf of Wall Street's guy name? Yeah, Gordon, Ge- Jordan. Oh, Jordan Belfort. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan Belfort. You see him kind of Jordan Belfort, where he kind of like starts off with something else and kind of like becomes like yeah. a bigger and bigger, like maniacal evil being as he's taken by his greed and stuff like that. So I wouldn't consider you as Sunday necessarily. An yeah, antagonist. I consider an antagonist because every time he's on the screen, I have such a visceral hatred for him. <laughs> But he's, but he's like, he's antagonistic towards the main character's like uh, wishes and stuff like that. But at the same time, our main character isn't necessarily isn't, isn't necessarily a protagonist. Yeah, but so Blank. my thing is, so and this this might sound hypocritical. I'm just saying for this movie, what struck me is how I was rooting for Plainview, even though he admittedly isn't. Same with how you root for Jake Gyllenhaal. However, the difference in Nightcrawler yeah. versus There Will Be Blood is in Nightcrawler, there's no one to, in my opinion, no one to oppose Jake Gyllenhaal. So he's clearly the antagonist and prototype. Like, that's why he's, like, kind of anti-hero-y. Like, he, he's... But because there's no one to oppose him, there's no, he becomes the antagonist, in my eyes. Whereas in There Will Be Blood, there's yes. Eli Sunday to oppose Daniel Day-Lewis, which, in my opinion, creates yeah. an antagonist. That conflict. Now, it, conflict that, now if someone else's opinion was that Eli Sunday isn't the antagonist and they thought Daniel Day-Lewis was the antagonist in the movie, then I would be okay with that. I'm just saying this is my opinion. <coughs> it's like they're both antagonists towards each other in a way, but it seemed like there's like, it's yeah, it's, I know what you mean. It, it's, it, you can break it down like that and it's really interesting to think about. Um, yeah, the great. And now movie, we're gonna cap it off movie. with the greatest villain of this, uh, whatever, um, like the twenty first century. Yeah, uh, yeah Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> I don't. I don't or we can talk about Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I didn't hate Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. The fact that I had to constantly remind myself that this was Lex Luthor and not the Riddle Riddler. Um, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. That you whole franchise, uh, terrible. There's so many like villains that like people like point out, like that, like um, that we didn't bring up. Like um, like somebody said, uh, Watso Bear. From yeah, Toy there's. Story a, I mean, 3. granted, we didn't do a ton of thinking in this list, so like, no, we we picked. And the this topic list is very biased in terms of what our favorite slash most recently viewed slash you know. Just in general, mo- knowledge of movies is like definitely like, yeah, there's characters or people that we miss for sure. And like, there's like certain, like, um, th- there's certain kind of like, there's, I bet there's a lot of like random, like, antagonistic type people that we didn't really consider full. Yeah, and there's also that people that spanned of. into the 21st century but didn't start there. For example, Hannibal Lecter has been featured in 2001. And in 2002, yeah. but like he was actually in the 90s, so like he doesn't really count. Very true. I'm trying to think of any any other ones we could like just like rattle off or like the. Well, um... I like I, for and all, same mm. thing 
with no Voldemort, no Darth Vader, like none of no Kylo. Yeah, but those guys are just like more like, iconic. But at the same time, like I like some of the ones. Well, we it's and, like, the, the thing that frustrates me like... is like, even I don't. Okay, what what do you think? The like Empire is probably what most people consider. Well, it is what most people consider is the best Star Wars, right? So so yeah. So uh, even Darth Vader in that isn't actually that that like it's a good villain, obviously, but it's more iconic than it is good. You know, Anton Chigurh is so much of a better antagonist than Darth Vader. So much better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like Anton Chigurh, like, well, more, that's probably like, a bad example because Anton Chigurh is, like, somewhat iconic in his own right. But, like, trying to think of one of the ones – okay, like, I'll just keep talking about Lou Bloom. Like, Lou Bloom is so much more – has so much more depth than – and so much – it's such a better written character than Darth Vader or Voldemort, you know? It's just they get brownie points for being yes. in a franchise everyone already knows. And then you get all the horror villains that we didn't bring up, like like uh, we brought him, like but like, but like yeah, Jason yeah, yeah. That we're not or, and, or even or like, like ones from like, like The Conjuring, like like we're not, we weren't counting, like because obviously we were counting that. My first, my first immediate pick would be Tony Collette, which I didn't realize that that was like like a well because he gets so like, I'll whoa. just spoil it because again another instance of if you would if you were gonna watch Hereditary you would have seen it by now, like. Yeah, like which yeah, I'm not it's tough because it's probably I think the best horror movie of the 2010s, but of that decade. But what's it called? Um, like for the first, you know, seventy five percent of the movie, she's just a normal person, and then she, and then like she has to deal with like grief and like negative emotion, but she's not actually like an antagonist. But then when she gets possessed, obviously she's an antagonist, you know. But that doesn't really count. Very true. No. We can wrap it up. I think this is the most I've ever, in terms of like percentage wise, I'd say most times you talk more than I do. I think I talked way more on this one though, just because villains are such a, villains are my favorite antagonists and antagonistic forces. And like, maybe it's because I'm such a glass, glass half empty guy, but like, I love antagonists in movies. So this was like, Fun topic. I think yeah, but so do actors. <laughs> so do actors. And I think if you were to take franchises out of it, if it was just a, if you're gonna do only one, there's a hundred percent chance of only doing one movie, and the actor gets to pick hero or villain. At least six out of ten are gonna pick well, they want to mm, be the villain. No, because we're because we're thinking of like when when you say that, I feel like you're thinking of good villains like Calvin Candy villains. Obviously, if Leo could choose between being a who is his character in. Once upon a time. Oh my God! If, uh, so obviously, Hill, Leo Dalton. would rather be Calvin Candy than Rick Dalton. However, Leo wouldn't rather be, like, or like big time actor or any actor wouldn't rather be, like, the villain in a Fast and Furious movie, than the villain than the hero in one. And I, I'm saying just in one, like, pretend it's not a franchise. I'm saying like in movies like that, you know, like we're being biased towards actually good, well written films now. In terms of what would most actors rather be, like a very like a A plus written villain or an A plus written hero, obviously the villain. I'm just saying most of the most of okay, the time yeah, though, the villains aren't written well. That's just a fact. Look at Marvel. You can no, make so many movies as long as you have, you know, as long as your movie focuses on the better written characters. Basically, which is um, yeah, that's. 
So like, I guess that's kind of what I meant without saying it. So that's on me. But um, I want to see more actors play like villain roles. I want to see what they would do. Like I want to see Tom Cruise play a villain again. I don't know who's someone who's someone who's like a very like charismatic, positive kind of like like movie star type person. Ryan Gosling. He's never hero. been the villain. Like like I want to. You could argue like he's an he's an antihero. And, well, in, no, uh, in, in drive. The, the closest he's come yeah. to a villain is in uh, Half Nelson, Drive, and uh, Blue Valentine. Those are the closest he's come to villains, and those are still very much not villains. Yeah, yeah I want to see someone, yeah, someone like that, be like the the um. It, it doesn't even have to be like uh, villainy. Oh it just has to be like muddled. Like, look at Hugh Jackman in Prisoners. Yeah. I was about to say Hugh Logan? Jackman in, um, what's it called? Oh my god. Okay, yeah, uh, but Prestige. so Prestige. three movies right there. Yeah. Where he gets to be like, yeah. I, but I want to see someone like not have like the muddledness. I want to see like someone like that do like go like full out. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. And it's funny to think of how actors what? start their careers, you know? Because like, for example, Christian Bale, American Psych, like he start like people think of him now as like the hero from Batman, you know? But he started out playing douchebag yeah. characters. Like, like Patrick Bateman. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good one to think of some. Like, and look at what happens when the actor does do the 180. Like, look at how, like, the, the, the main example that I'm going to go to is Heath Ledger. He's, he was the heartthrob. He was, in, he was in a bunch of, like, he was yeah. in the Night he movie. Was, he, was, he was, like, in a heartthrob movie. What a 10 things I hate about you. He was in Propact Mountain. Like, clearly could act, yeah. but he was never, like, the antagonist. And this man destroyed it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, like maybe likable actors or likable like actors would do like. Yeah, I mean, the dick. for sure. It, it, but you don't want to like force it just to force it too. I I would love to no, see you Ryan Gosling um, be like a super like not super villain in that sense, but like the, a villain in the how we're talking. I just thought of an example. Uh, yeah, like, like Brad Pitt and Fight Club. He's like the A-list movie star, and he gets to be like the antagonist in that, yeah, I mean, in that movie, and it works Leo so well. Slowly dissented into Calvin Candy, I feel like, because he was like, "Cast me if you can." I consider him. I don't consider that like a uh, antagonist because like he was just a kid in that movie, and so like the kid was just like he was a good guy. He was just playing yeah. the system. Then he was an Aviator, Shutter Island, Inception. Yep. All those roles, he was much more protagonist Shutter Island's weird, so don't really count that. But, like, Wolf of Wall Street was the first time where he showed villainous <laughs> tendencies, but then, like, Calvin Candy came, and it... Well, Calvin Candy's before... No, Wolf... is it? I thought... Oh, wow, you're right. Yeah, it's 2012. Yeah, in that case, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he gets Calvin Candy, and then he gets the douchebag role, and then he gets... Uh, yeah. Wolf Washington gets to be a dick I mean, again, and so it's like, stuff like that. Yeah, it's just nice... It's nice when I actors can do I want like, more. Tom Hardy's a great example of someone you never know if he's going to be the good or the bad guy. He could do both, like, the best out of, like, I think, like, m- mo- like many actors. Like, he could do either one better I think, than anyone could do, like, kind of I both. think when I think of, like, four or five guy actors who can really play hero or villain, um, well, okay, Joaquin can play anything, but in terms of, like, hero, hero, or villain, villain, that type of thing, I would go, like, Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, for yeah. sure, because they've done it. Killian Murphy, he's done it. And Leo, because he's done it. So those four immediately come to mind. What movie is Killian Murphy played? Like, well, it's like, not like a movie hero. movie. He's like, But in Peaky Blinders, he's, like, the good guy. And that's 
five, oh, six seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a, yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's, obviously there's more. There's lots of stuff like that. Um, yeah, this is I fun agree. to look at. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I'm still trying to uh, line up a couple of guests. There's a certain amount of topics we're trying to get to. So hopefully we can get all this and get it. Absolutely. Get it going. All right. All right. Jay.